0: Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's Analysis Podcast. Thanks for joining us. On the night before the Prime Minister addresses the nation at 10am tomorrow, that is on April 14, we are still largely unsure about what kind of announcement he is going to make regarding the extension of the national lockdown. We just know that a majority of Chief Ministers are in favour of it and it probably will happen in some form or the other. So while that announcement and that suspense if you like looms over us, there are still many things to discuss. Earlier in the day I caught up with our Mumbai health reporter Jyoti Shailar to talk about a new plan to use the anti-malaria drug hydroxychloroquine or HCQ as a prophylaxis or a preventive in the Dharavi area not just for healthcare workers, but in the general community. That will involve some serious logistical challenges, aside from the fact that there are still questions about the efficacy of HCQ, something we discuss a lot here in this podcast. That is our first segment today. And after that, we'll move on to talk about HCQ again from the diplomatic affairs angle with Suhasini Haider, and to discuss the latest from the health ministry, including some questions now about whether we have enough test kits with Deputy Science Editor, Jacob Koshi. And Jyoti Shailar, our Mumbai health reporter joins us now with an update from uh, the, the growing number of cases in Dharavi and a plan now to use hydroxychloroquine or HCQ as a prophylaxis. Jyoti, what's the latest reporting you have on that?
1: So right now, uh, you know, the civic body here uh, is planning to roll out the drug as a prophylaxis. And this will be uh, a first of its kind uh, you know, initiative as far as the community level is concerned. The drug is already being given to health workers as a preventive treatment. This will be the first time that will be rolled out in a community, in a place like Dharavi. There's one more location that they've shortlisted, Golivada, uh, that's also equally congested. So these two areas will be where uh, the drug will be given on a pilot basis. And uh, as of now, the plan is to give it to uh, an age group uh, between 18 to 55 years, only to people who don't have any underlying conditions like diabetes, hypertension, and, you know, other comorbid conditions. So uh, the, the the civic body has uh, consulted doctors from AIMS in Delhi. There is a medical expert from Niti Ayog who has been consulted for this particular initiative and they have given a green signal uh, to the civic body here and that's how uh, they plan to roll it out within a day or two as of now the civic body has enough number of tablets there's a lot of thing going on about whether going through a shortage of this drug because there's a gl- global dr- demand for the drug as of now i checked with the civic officials and they say they have 10 lakh tablets available uh, if you just consider Dharavi uh, the containment zone, uh, various containment zones in Dharavi has a population of about 50,000 people. Even in Wali Koliwada, they have about 50,000 people in the containment zone. So what the civic officials are planning to do is just to target this uh, the population from the containment zone with this drug.
0: What do we know so far about how many cases have been reported and what the testing situation is like in that area?
1: Uh, As of now, you know, uh, as on today, the number of cases, the number of positive cases in Dharavi is 47. Uh, Today, there is one more death that has been reported. So the number of deaths have gone up to five now. But if you you ask me about testing so far, uh, the direct testing wherein the civic officials are going and identifying symptomatic people, uh, those many tests are just about 200 in the entire population of Dharavi they are trying to t- test as many more people as possible but this is this is what the number is right now
0: 200 does seem like a rather low number given given the size and population of Dharavi uh, is there any plans to ramp this up
1: there is there is a plan to ramp this up as of now yes uh, the the number seems really uh, really small as compared to you know the huge congestion and the the population the density of the area itself is really Hi. So uh, the civic officials are in the process of ramping up testing, they are trying to collect as many more swabs as possible. But what they've done is they've focused a lot more than testing, they are trying to focus on screening the population. So as of now, they have screened 10,000 people from Dharavi. And by screening, I just mean that, you know, trying to kind of identify people with any symptoms, any travel history, any possible contact with a positive patient or a high risk you know contact so uh, what they've done is of these 10000 people they could uh, they've got about 80 people who had cough fever or any other history that could be linked to a possible exposure of the novel coronavirus so uh, those 80 people have been uh, sent either to the testing facilities uh, in the public hospitals or their swabs have been collected and sent for testing Besides that uh, You know, those who directly qualify for testing, that number, as I have told you, is about 200. So they are trying to focus more on screening so that it doesn't, uh, you know, overburden the testing uh, facilities as well. But yes, there is a plan to increase uh, and do much more aggressive testing in, in the area.
0: I just, I just want to ask you about the logistical challenges. There's still a disagreement among many medical professionals about the efficacy of HCQ. The spe- very specific concern is that it can't be given to some people with underlying conditions, as, and you mentioned that in your first answer. But you know aside from deciding that yes, we can do this trial, what are the other logistical challenges in terms of setting up you know uh, health camps and screening and testing centers for, just to t- test people for these conditions uh, in the area?
1: As of now, uh, it is going to be challenging because, you know, most of the areas in Dharavi are containment areas. There are as many as 29 zones, containment zones uh, in that ward. And most of them, most of these containment areas are within Dharavi. Now, in if at all, you know, you have to uh, give out the drug to a, at a community level, you have to be sure that the person doesn't have any underlying ailments. And health check, at this point of time are not going to be possible because of the limited movement so that's the reason i think it makes sense that bmc is rolling out the drug to a particular age group as well as you know people with absolutely no underlying ailments now this is most of the history will come from the person itself and it will be it most it will be mostly self-declaration so it the logistical challenge will be that you know whenever the drug is being given to a person a Accurate history will have to be taken so that, you know, you know that the person doesn't have any hypertension issues, any like high blood sugar and things like that. And the drug is going to only those people who don't have any underlying ailment. That will be a bit of a challenge because this work will be done by the community health volunteers who are working on the fields and the drug will be handed over to them and they will kind of go uh, on, uh, you know, house to house visits to give the drug. It is a seven week long course. So, every time the community health volunteer will kind of go and give the drug to the people. So, that is going to be a bit of a challenge.
0: And joining us for our second segment today is uh, Suhasni Haider and Jacob Koshi. So guys, um, the last segment was about HCQ. And I think we we discussed that a lot on this podcast. We'll get to that once again. But first up, uh, the Prime Minister is going to address the nation at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Um, do we think it's a foregone conclusion now, what he's going to say? Or do we still, even at this moment, have no idea?
2: Um, well, Jen, I have to say the fact that the Prime Minister has waited until the entire three-week period ended before really announcing and telling the country where he intends to go next uh, is telling of the kind of dilemma that he faces right now. On the one hand, uh, there seems to be no uh, let up in the spate of, um, uh, of uh, you know, the growth in cases. Uh, and the uh, lockdown, while it is seen as effective, uh, is not necessarily going to be able to stop that spread if the lockdown is lifted at this point. And on the other hand, you're looking at real economic distress. Distress in the cities where people have not been able to come out and earn um, at all and and get a square meal. You're looking at uh, distress in the rural areas where agricultural uh, um, activities at a low, uh, other kinds of activities have completely come to a standstill. There's a problem with getting um, uh, provisions and essentials out. Uh, And then you have that whole migrant labor problem of people who are stuck in various places, which is neither home nor where they work. Uh, also, given that there is definitely going to be an economic downturn and people are going to be laid off, this is not a place where any leader should, would really want to be. It's an unenviable decision he has to make. Uh, I think the decision that is expected is one that would keep the lockdown going in urban areas, uh, but will start to show some leniency in in places that are not seeing a large spread. We'll start. Uh, we've already heard from the ministry today. Uh, the government saying that uh, all kinds of goods can now be taken on uh, on the, on trucks. So, you know, there's not going to be any stoppage of cargo moving from within states and interstates. Uh, so I think there will be leniency there. there. There hopefully will be some kind of measures that will allow factories to restart production, to bring back their labor in a sense and to put them back to work uh, and for um, uh, for uh, uh, for the agricultural sector as well. Uh, so, in a nutshell, we're looking at a continuation of a lockdown, but with many more exceptions, and uh, a progression. Hopefully, is what the government is 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 counting on a progression towards being able to lift more and more of this lockdown.
0: Right. So, while that issue looms over all of us, let's get into some specifics of other things. Uh, so, Asni, once again, um, two two stories that you've been following very closely, and I think we sort of covered them both. Um, H C Q because we started with that. What is the what is the situation now with regards to the export of H C Q? Because Jyoti did mention in her last segment that there was this concern even in Bombay of do we have enough?
2: Gent, you know, I've been speaking to people on both sides of this uh, of this divide. Really, it's the government that uh, originally put some questions in about whether H C Q could be freely exported, and then to the pharmaceutical industry itself. Um, the pharmaceutical industry and particularly the pharmacy pharmaceutical export uh, promotion people are very clear that India has more than enough production than is required for domestic consumption. The government, um, some, of, some parts of the government that want to be a little uh, more cautious in this matter are saying we don't know what the demand is going to be, uh, how much we are going to need for domestic consumption if this drug is now going to be used widely for the coronavirus or in fact is used as a prophylaxis, um, uh, which the ICMR has already spoken about. Um, Somewhere in the middle, uh, what's got lost, it seems, is the notification itself as to how to go forward, because a week after the government said they would allow certain certain exports to take place primarily to the United States, but other countries as well, um, we're still not seeing an actual notification. The Director General of Foreign Trade told us very clearly that HCQ remains a banned item. It's a prohibited item for exports. So the only exports that are going out are going out when a government puts in a request with our government uh, to the Ministry of External Affairs. And then the Ministry of External Affairs, along with the Department of Pharmaceuticals, the Health Ministry, and so on, then decides whether uh, that can be released. So these are things that are being ironed out, Jen. Uh, Right now, You know, when HCQ is not yet really a clinically proven drug for coronavirus, I think uh, the jury is still out about just how much India can need in the future. But for the moment, we are told they have more than enough.
0: Okay. And Jacob, uh, regular listeners of our update show will know, of course, that we uh, like to harp on certain issues a fair bit. One of them is the fact that, uh, as Suhasani mentioned, there is no consensus on whether HCQ is actually effective in this battle against COVID-19. But we'll leave that aside for a minute uh, to talk about another drug that is now um, being touted as something that could help. Uh, that is, uh, I, I'm, I may not be saying this right, but remdesivir. Okay, I'll let you say that. But what... Remdesivir. Re... It's remdesivir. Yes, okay. So yeah, just tell us about this.
3: So it's an antiviral drug that, you know, it's said that may reduce the risk of death in Critically critically ill coronavirus patients. Now this is a, a drug that is been made by uh, Gilead, Life Sciences, uh, and you know it has been around since 2015. Uh, this was also a drug that has been tried in the case of Ebola, uh, and when the MERS out the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome broke out in Saudi Saudi Arabia, it was in 2012. It was tried out even then. Now the only it is an antiviral drug. It is compatible in in the in, in its mode of action to how hydrochloroquine works but the thing is uh, again there is not there hasn't been a proper clinical trial to judge its efficacy in fact one recent trial that uh, uh, was done in, in in china it also believed it also said that you know people it was an observational study that people who were on the drug two out of three of them did not require uh, oxygen support or did not require ventilator support. It's a very vague kind of statement, but it again uh, does not, experts say it does not really prove the efficacy of this particular drug. Again, uh, rindisivir is not something that is available in India, and if at all it uh, has to progress to being a useful drug, it is there's going to be a lot of questions about procurement, and maybe I hope that time that, you know, India's, the cards that India's played vis-a-vis at CQ is, uh, the US might, you know, translate into some kind of goodwill later on.
0: Okay. And Jacob, I'm just going to ask you again to give us a quick update from the Health Ministry briefing. I understand that um, there's some concerns now about the number of uh, tests that we have for coronavirus.
3: Yes. So there are concerns regarding the availability of antibody kits. Now, and rapid antibody kits, as we've already discussed um, before on on the show, uh, helps us to quickly determine the prevalence of an infection in a closed community or a cluster the who does not recommend them for clinical decisions it is it's, it's only recommended them for or for research purposes the icmr in general has been cagey about uh, advocating this test for several reasons because again you know it is it is to be used only in conjunction with a pcr test it only tells you it has got sort a high level of inbuilt errors it, it is it is not a foolproof replacement for RT-PCR. However, many states have indig- for a long time been asking for the permission uh, to to be able to use this test, for such so that they can get some sense of which are the, which are potential clusters, which are potential hotspots. So The ICMR has given permission, but again, these were some of some kits. China, as usual, rules in the in the manufacture and issue of these kits. But uh, several kits that were sent by China um, a week back. Failed some quality control because of which they have put a ban on the export of these tests and so these uh, these kits a lot of them lakhs of them were supposed to have uh, reached India uh, by you know sometime in last week last Wednesday but you know they are nowhere in sight so that is something that has not happened on the other hand uh, you know there is uh, as you mentioned there has been talk of for instance testing out H uh, C Q in you know in asymptomatic regular folks in Dharavi when you know you could have actually used antibody kits to get a better sense of the extent of the infection. So there is a bit of confusion. On the other hand uh, the the health ministry has also said that you know 25 districts in India have not reported a fresh case in 14 uh, you know in 14 days which they see as uh, positive considering that you know nearly half of India's districts that is about 370 of them have already registered um, positive COVID cases. Twenty-five out of the remaining, you know, three forty is not really a great sign. But yes, in it, it, when there's bad news all around, it 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 is useful to have some sense of optimism ahead. We are still adding nine hundred to thousand cases a day, and we have seen this sharp clip a clip, you know, in the last two or three days.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, so, Asni, we'll just end with you briefly. Another story that you've been following that is of Indian stranded abroad. And um, this is going to be an important week for that uh, issue to be resolved, I suppose. So what what is the latest on that?
2: Well, uh, to be honest, the latest is that the government still continues to say that they will not bring uh, Indians back from any part of the world. In fact, this is something that they have informed the Supreme Court uh, about uh, as well, we understand today. So uh, that seems to be the position they're taking. There may be a few exceptions that they make. Um, and remember, the the fact is that uh, India has been adjudged, I think, in an international uh, survey, which was done by the Oxford University, to have the most stringent measures in place when it comes to travel restrictions, when it comes to the lockdown itself. Yeah. Uh, amongst those is a decision not to take any Indian citizens back. 25,000, as we've been reporting, are stranded in different parts of the world. But there are some specific cases where they may show some leniency. One of them is the story of uh, 19 Indians who are stuck right inside Dubai airport. They're now in hotel rooms inside the airport, but they cannot go out. They say they haven't seen fresh air or the sun for 25 days now um, because they're stuck inside there uh, and the government hasn't taken them back. Now, there is a possibility to help out some of the smaller cases, but what the government has said essentially to the courts is uh, that there is no way they can bring back everybody at the same time. They don't have the quarantine facilities for them for one. Uh, they will not have flights uh, to bring them back uh, because after this week, it's unlikely that there will be too many evacuations taking place of foreigners going out of the country uh, and India would have to organize that from scratch. But even so, it is a, a decision that uh, that they want to stick to for the moment. Uh, there's a small uh, twist in the tale, which is that the United States is now pushing countries to take back illegal aliens of, 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 who are their citizens. Um and India has been taking back illegal aliens whenever the u s deports them before the coronavirus uh, travel restrictions went into place. However, since India is taking no nobody else back there, they haven't taken any of the deportees back yet, and President Trump has now issued a presidential memorandum over the weekend saying that there will be visa sanctions against any country that either denies or delays taking back their citizens. This is going to become a tricky problem, and i presume we're going to hear about many of these cases in the next few weeks because remember mentally everybody who was outside the country but needed to get in had sort of told themselves that they could wait until april 15th now as we near that day um we really don't know what is going to happen in terms of travel restrictions in terms of flying people back home uh, but it's going to be difficult to explain to people who haven't seen their families i spoke to uh, somebody who hasn't seen his wife who's pregnant, uh, you know, to explain to all of them in so many parts of the world that they may have to wait for uh, for who knows how long further
0: Okay, so uh, thank you for joining me today, I'll see you tomorrow okay. Bye thank then, you,
2: take care Bye
0: sir Bye.